1972 and reported in the Journal of Discourses, Volume 15, pages 259 and 260. Elder B. H. Roberts cited Lord Kingsborough, Antiquities of Mexico, concerning crucifixion and atonement believed in by Mexicans, in his Outlines of Ecclesiastical History, page 72. He also refers to the writings of Aetia in New Witnesses for God, Volume 3, pages 5 and 6. Originally written in Spanish, this portion of Aetia's history, for the first time of which we are aware, is now translated into English. The excerpt copied by Lord Kingsborough has been compared to and coordinated with the presently available Spanish edition of Historia Antigua de México. This translation was done by Rhonda Cunningham, who for twenty-two years worked as a translator for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She has also translated for the United States federal government. She was accredited in 1981 by the American Translators Association for translation from Spanish to English. A few interesting citations in this volume are 1. The first families in New Spain came from the Tower of Babel at the time of the confusion of tongues. A. The first progenitor of those who came to America from the Tower of Babel was commanded by the Lord to come to these lands. Mexico b. Description of how the first settlers crossed the seas to New Spain. 2. Origin and beginning of the whole universe was the work of a supreme and only God, the creator of all things. 3. There was a great flood on the earth from which only eight persons survived. 4. Ancestors of early Americans had two arrows and used them to know if they were going to win a battle or if they should retreat. 5. The suspension of the sun for a day was recorded. 6. Great earthquakes were experienced, the time of which was calculated to have been at the death of Jesus Christ. 7. The coming of Quetzalcoatl, or Jesus Christ, to New Spain. 8. Some teachings of Quetzalcoatl included the doctrine of the Godhead and the virgin birth of Quetzalcoatl. 9. Early Americans practiced baptism, which meant being born again. 10. Divine protection kept the land of America hidden from the Europeans. We note a familiar citation in the Book of Mormon, 1 Nephi, chapter 13, verse 39. And after it, the Book of Mormon, had come forth unto them, I beheld other books, which came forth by the power of the Lamb, from the Gentiles unto them, unto the convincing of the Gentiles and the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the Jews who were scattered upon all the face of the earth that the records of the prophets and of the twelve apostles of the Lamb are true. May the listener find interest in this new translation of a book which parallels events in the Book of Mormon. Neither Mariano Beitia, the author of Historia Antigua de México, nor Joseph Smith, the translator of the Book of Mormon, living in different centuries, was aware of the other as to the source, writing, historical background, or final publication of their books. The Book of Mormon was published in 1830. Historia Antigua de México, written prior to the author's death, estimated to be in 1780, was first published in Spanish in 1836. History of the Origin of the Peoples Who Inhabited North America Called the New Spain With Information of the First People Who Established the Monarchy of the Toltec Nation That Flourished in It And Information Going Back to the Creation of the World Author the Honorable Mariano Fernandez de Echevarria y Beitia, Professed Knight of the Military Order of Santiago. About the author. 
This information about the author appears as the preface in the 1836 edition, which was published by C. F. Ortega. The present edition was published in Mexico, 1944, in accordance with the 1836 edition. Antonio Maria de San José, son of Mariano Beitia, wrote the following. Mariano Beitia was born in the city of Puebla de los Ángeles on July 16 of the year 1720. The shadows of childhood had barely started to dissipate when he discovered a great talent and dedication no less to virtue than to the sciences, and having moved to Mexico City, because of the employment that his father, José de Beitia, was a candidate for as the senior judge of the royal audience and first superintendent of the Mint, on March 9, 1733, he received the degree of bachelor in the School of Arts at the National and Pontifical University, following a public act of all philosophy attended by the royal audience. The same university conferred the same degree in law on him on July 13, 1736. The following year of 1737, this audience argued for him to take the attorney examination, and he was approved as an attorney, exempted from the time that he was lacking to fulfill the requirements set by the Lord Viceroy. He had scarcely been licensed when his father, who had many serious personal matters in the court, conferred a very ample authority upon him to take care of them. This occurred on April 6, 1737. He promptly went to Veracruz to get on a cargo ship to go to Spain. He turned seventeen years old at sea, and from the first day of his sailing started to write a very instructive and curious work which he entitled My Trips. This consisted of two quarto volumes, and his storyline was a lengthy and detailed diary of the degrees, heights, weather, distances, cities, villas, towns, and places where he went, and of anything curious he found of painting, architecture, and sculpture. But we were deprived of it by an unknown hand, who on the very day of his death took it from his bookcase. Once he arrived in Spain, he presented himself to the Royal Council of Castile, in order to join with the attorneys of the Royal Councils, which was granted to him, and he was given the accustomed certification of membership on February 11, 1738. He immediately started to concern himself with the dealings of his commission with so much skill and sound judgment that he won them all. Now, having rid himself of these assignments, in 1738 he went to the town of Onya, where he was from, because of his paternal grandmother who was still alive, and there they made him magistrate of the Holy Brotherhood. And so, in 1738, that town appointed him magistrate of the noble state of gentlemen. He concluded his magisterial service, and in the following year of 1739 they made him a special attorney and perpetual alderman. In the year 1740, the trustee attorney general for the mentioned noble state, and he served in everything satisfactorily. Finding himself now free of everything mentioned, he wanted to see courts. He traveled throughout all of Spain, Portugal, Naples, Italy, Rome, Jerusalem, Morocco, England, and France, but looking everywhere for monuments of antiquity, medals, coins, inscriptions, curious and rare papers, of which he made a considerable collection so many that he formed up to twenty-four or twenty-five very thick quarto volumes, the whereabouts of which I do not know. He lived for a time on the island of Malta, under the direction of the great master of that order, and as the novice that he was, with those knights he made up to three forays against the Moors. But determined to marry, he left the cross of St. John, and took up the one of St. James. 
He conferred and consulted with the wise people of the nations on his questions about the antiquities, and until he was convinced, he wouldn't make a decision on either side, which is inferred from the massiveness with which he wrote his histories. Add to this the perfection with which he possessed the Latin, Portuguese, Italian, French, Mexican, and part of the English languages. In all this time that he was in the courts, he did not forget his country, and he came to it three times, always taking advantage on his return to the peninsula to travel through the provinces of Guadalajara, Guatemala, Oaxaca, and various other provinces of this new Spain. His father having died here, and his first wife in Madrid, he then came here to take care of the interests of his house. He established his residence in Puebla, where he remarried Josefa de Arostegui Sanchez de la Peña, and since that time he dedicated all the time left to him by the many concerns and consultations made to him, to putting in order such a multitude of items and documents he had for the history that he was considering writing, with many more that he added by virtue of royal order that Sir King Carlos III, may he be in holy glory, had provided to him, knowing of the work he was doing, so that he would be provided with all the manuscripts and archives of the universities, colleges, town councils, and monasteries of this kingdom. The esteem and appreciation that the monarch showed toward this gentleman was so extreme that he frequently wrote to him with the familiarity of one friend to another. He would consult the monarchy on very serious and interesting points, resting his conscience on their resolutions. The king being satisfied with the talents, uprightness, good judgment, and virtue of the gentleman Beitia, and how well he would carry out whatever business was entrusted to him, he wanted to reward him as from his royal hand. He offered him the title of Castillo, with the gown of Mexico, with whatever employment he wanted, and he always urged him to ask for favors, and as he would accept nothing from his royal will, he conferred upon him the most exquisite and rare titles and privileges that any house...